everyone who does not know what unofficial is, let me tell you. So it originated at the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. And it was originally an excuse. This is what I heard. I didn't go to U of I, so I can't speak on behalf of them. But from what I heard is that it was originated by bar owners in in Champaign-Urbana. I was about to say Columbia. Missouri. <laughs> I was about to say. We by bar owners in, at U of I because the students would leave to go home for St. Patrick's over spring break. So they wanted to just move it up and make an unofficial St. Patrick's Day just to get people to drink. Boys is definitely doing whatever necessary to get them drinking dollars. Right. And Como had a bar crawl. Como had a bar crawl every... I'm saying, like, people... I went and visited once, and there were house parties getting shut down at 8 a.m. <laughs> shut down at 8 a.m. by the can police. Can we just talk about, like, morning <laughs> drinking for a second? Yeah, right. I know. What we're doing right now. We do it right every now. Saturday. We do it every Saturday. <laughs> oh, wait. Why are we here talking about morning drinking? I have a new wow. deal to speak of here. Wow. Go ahead. Wow. I have brought Go ahead. friends... Um, some rare vodka. So I'm expecting you to never drink Ciroc. Yeah, no, again. no, we're getting Ciroc out of here. It ain't no Ciroc no more. <laughs> it ain't no Ciroc. Who's it ain't this? no Belvedere. It ain't no no Grey Goose. We drinking rare from now on. So shout out to the people proof. in rare vodka who brought me a glorious bottle of 80 proof vodka that tastes just pure as the dripping water out of your faucet. This is fucking amazing vodka. You put it in your and mimosa. And make sure that you get. You can put it in everything. I definitely put it in my mimosa today. You can bathe your baby. So, so Sean like drinking. <laughs> Sean drinking screwdrivers this morning. Yo, look, I'm drinking screwdrivers. That. I'm drinking straight. I'm drinking <laughs> everything. It's the it's the rare vodka team. We're doing this from now on. This is where you got to be at. And yeah, if you need a bottle, I will pull up on you with a bottle. All It'll right. probably be the same bottle because, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still waiting on your ship. Yeah, you know, I'm pulling up with you. I'm pulling up with a bottle and a shot glass. And this is what we drinking from now on. Like, okay. If, if you drinking vodka, it got to be rare. If you drinking tequila, I ain't I ain't got no tequila contract yet. If you drinking something dark, I uh, okay. say we on that douce because we don't fuck with Henny no more. And uh, Jack Dang is if you're upon your your, your, uh, your other dark whiskey. Yo, shout shit. out to uh, okay. shout out to Douce Palooza. Y'all heard Yo, about that? Yeah. No, what is yeah, that? Yeah. No, so look, so look, so um, you've been to Henny Palooza, right? Or yeah. you heard of Henny Palooza? Yeah. Yeah. So long story short, they approached um, they approached Hennessy. the people in Hennessy. Yeah, in Hennessy multiple times. Yeah, and Hennessy kind of looked like you guys aren't that important. Like, uh-huh. they weren't going to cities across the country and putting 5,000 people in buildings and actually, you know, putting Hennessy and, but in their mouths. But it did that. No. Well, yeah, they did that. But they were right. coming to Hennessy like, we're not asking you for, like, a real strong bag or anything. We're looking at you like, let's do this. Let's do this together because we are giving you guys every year free advertising in the black community. And y'all need to, like, show up, act like we're doing something. Okay. Palooza was a big deal. Henny. Hennessy was not receptive <laughs> to they shit. So Henny yeah. said, fuck that shit, and moved on to Duce Palooza. Yeah. And so wait, now so the wait, event- wait, wait. So the promoters of the Paloozas. Yes. They so, were doing Henny Palooza. Right, yes. And then Henny Hennessy was like, nah, no so love. Was, yeah. So then now the Palooza people went to Duce. Right. So this is what happened. Uh-huh. So um, okay. there is support black business. Shout out to the Joe Budden yes. podcast and um there is a guy on there who is basically what they refer to as the general manager of Henny Palooza. His name is Rory Farrell. Okay. And um, Rory's pretty dope. Like, he's a dope-ass, just a cool-ass, swaggy-ass white boy. And um, Rory broke down how everything went go, went down. Um, while they were talking to Hennessy, they also were talking to Doucet because Lenny S. got a, a look at it. It was like, yo, these kids are really impacting the culture. They're doing all of this. They're doing it mm-hmm. big. 
this is something that we could put Duce behind to take over that cognac market. I was gonna right. say um, shout out to uh, shout out to DJ Low Key as well. He works with uh, Duce Palooza. Yeah, and shout out why, to Real Life Cash. But why would Hennessy not? I mean, want to support this? Like, I have no. I know the value. It does not make any sense to me. I just think that's not <laughs> having. That's uh, to me. That means you don't have somebody in the room that's connected to the culture. Like exactly, that. you're completely exactly. out of touch with your audience. Like Hennessy is the only place, only thing that where I've gone to a liquor store. And they're out of Hennessy. Yeah. yeah. A whole liquor store. And the way that they told it it happened was that Hove was knowledgeable and really paid attention to the move they were making and kind of gave the green light, like, let's do this. And Lindy hey. S came back to them with a bag and said, let's do it. And um, when they came here last for Henny Palooza, they were like, that's the last Henny Palooza in Chicago. And then, then they went to New York and they were like, this is the last one, period. And then mm. they did an entire rollout with Jay Z branding and. Everything and now See, let's do say Palooza. That's why you got to stay in touch that's with these why big you brands. Fucking know your well. Exactly, these big brands. You need to know your audience, and if you sleep on that, then you are gonna miss out on a whole bunch of bags because Henny Palooza was the largest drinking function. The name is in the title. Exactly. So I'm here wild for Palooza. Yeah. Shout out to do say Palooza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They got one in Atlanta, and then they got one in um, New York coming, and they uh, they kicked it off big at All Star Weekend in L.A. So. Hey. Man, but while we're talking about sponsorships, shout out to the Roost, man. <laughs> yeah, sponsoring roost. our breakfast, breakfast brunch every Saturday. Every Saturday, we hey, appreciate look, it. We man. have roost. we have had so much fried chicken over yeah. the course hey, of our yeah, time. Yeah, let's here. get some signage in here. We have a bag. The Roost is located the at four fifty seven North Milwaukee Avenue. Yes. If you go, I recommend that you get um, that you get the chicken strips. With a biscuit, they got like these handmade yeah. biscuits. Bruh, they will fall you, apart in your hand. Sauce <laughs> is so fucking is great. Man, gee, I walked yeah. in I and Sean had honey yeah, to pour. They give you biscuit. honey now, right? Oh, That's why I've never seen honey. the honey. You gotta ask. The honey's oh, on the secret menu, bro. And if you're like, into you on your vegetarian ask. flow, they also have a really good just egg and cheese biscuit sandwich. Bruh, and you know what? You know what? It's great to be washed down with some rare vodka. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the best vodka in the world. Smoother than everything. You following your fried chicken with rare vodka? Dog, I'm following. Yes. If I'm going to nigga it, I'm going to do it the whole way. <laughs> nigga it. <laughs> okay, wait. Well, look. So while we're talking about just all this different pieces of excellence, I'd like to just take a stroll really quick. Like, let's talk about you all and what you all are doing. So, Jamal, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I still want to give a shout out to uh, Soul Sessions, the folks at Civilized Empire. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank for you. not only having us to host their event last week, which is Soul Sessions Chicago, um, it's every month, once a month, uh, baseline. Fantastic event with some of the best unsigned hype in the city. They let us come through and host the event, which was fantastic. And they had a professional photographer there. So everybody had flames IG pictures for the next few weeks. Oh, I got we one did. to put up later. We did. I got I got one on, on hold right now, actually. I got one on hold. <laughs> and mind you, mind you, I found out about these pictures literally like an hour after I posted my shot on an iPhone photo. That was such a fast turnaround with those photos. It was mad quick. I thought crazy. I wasn't going to it for like a month. What was crazy about the photos was that I actually didn't even see the cameraman. I still can't tell you. Nah, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, he, I didn't know what was happening. He DM'd me. He's like, hey, I did it. He, he, he would does DM'd you. Of course he DM'd you. He does, he does photography. No one's surprised okay, guys, by this. But also, wait, wait. Can, can I also do photography? Okay, so the brother that PK introduced with the beard, 
definitely was all up in your comments too though. Which one? The dude with the uh dude who came up and did uh Real Talk. Real Talk was in her. Oh. <laughs> that 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 real talk. talk was on that, PK comments. That, that he's the homie say he's the homie like I met him years like way way back and he's honestly one of the dopest poets. Nah, he's I've dope. Ever he's actually dope. He, he, he was he was on your comments. I bought a book he is really dope. I love the pages. They're, what is it, melanin purple? I love the pages. Get out of here. The pages are purple. Okay. Okay, okay, so. <laughs> okay. Deshaun, what are you working on? What's dope in your life right now? Um, a lot, actually. Other than rare vodka. Yeah, yeah, no. Nah, the plug is Shout out, out to rare vodka for today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, that I, you guys find me here every Saturday morning with you guys in the three-piece. Right. Um, on Thursdays, I shout out my Stalo team with the Stalo podcast. We really just had... Uh, Shariah on there this past Thursday. The episode drops Monday. Okay. Yo, can we share guests? Y'all always got guests, man. Bring somebody by. No, we oh, can we definitely can. Get into some oh, we definitely can. Shariah is, is dope as hell, and uh, she she'll definitely come through. She the homie. We went to Mr. Brown's after we recorded. Okay. Because her ahead. birthday is, uh, I think her birthday is tomorrow. Because she's hosting at Light. My mom's birthday is tomorrow. Hey, happy birthday to your mom. Hey, Mrs. But yeah, so we um, <laughs> so yeah, we had Shariah and we went to Mr. Brown's and drank some Hennessy for her birthday. And, okay, and shit, it was a really good show, lady. Um, on the show, she tells us about she used to be Chief Keep's girlfriend. Huh. Um, she has Don from uh, Black Ink in her video, and she was telling us how Ashley, his uh, fiance, wasn't feeling it. I'm sure. Um, she was supposed to be on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Like she gave us a real good interview, so that'll oh, be coming wow. out Monday. Um, aside from that, you guys could check me out at uh, Sean Granite, the B side of Cultural co- uh, Contributors. I just signed a PR deal to be the Chicago representative for Positive Vibe uh, PR. Lady, um, flip, flip, flip. I told you, man, I'm trying to be sick. <laughs> We're gonna get some real sound effects here. Right? That's really what it is. <laughs> Who just went? Oh, they, oh, we did have sound. Oh, that's lit. So, uh, <laughs> they just, <laughs> so we had sound effects. He just shit did going. the, uh, the Jamaican air horn. But, um, Shout out to my man. But yeah, so I got that. What else do I got going on? I don't, it's a lot going on. It's a real busy time. But yeah, visit that Sean Granite. We just dropped the uh, seven Chicago artists to be on the lookout for this year. Okay. Um, Give me like, your favorite one. My favorite one of the seven? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, shit. Top two. My top two, I probably have to go. Or you could think huh. about it. That yeah, I'm, I'm gonna come back to it. 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 But yeah, I got that going. I'm trying to do some deals with some other people. Um, I'm hosting a show on April 5th. But speaking of hosting the shows, let me hand it to PK who hosted one this past. <laughs> I was gonna say, PK got all the deals. So I was out there. Look, look, look. Let me tell you how much I love PK. Okay. I my my life and body clock was on two percent. <laughs> and I really came and just got a cup of Jack and sat in the corner you of this in the club day. and watched. In the corner. Yeah. So off to PK. What oh, was going man, on in your I love life, you with that, man. I love you for coming out. Because literally, I walked in, he was the first face I saw <laughs> with this little cup. And I, was I just, just want for a Red Bull. I just want to give a shout out to like y'all whole clique. Like the whole, y'all whole group always come out and support each other. Y'all are. Yeah, man. Y'all are lit. Yeah. No, but um, on Wednesday, I hosted the Drill by Southwest. Chicago showcase. Shout so Ross. shout out to Ross Mack, man. He definitely invited me out, and it was a really good time. It was a. I know that they went on tour, so they had a show in Philly and New York, and now Chicago. And the artists were competing to win a slot at the showcase at South by Southwest. So um yeah, so hosting stuff, trying to get some more deals. I definitely want to talk to you more about this PR move that we. <laughs> 
Flirting. No, I didn't um, mean like that. <laughs> hey, yo, that actually was a casual flirt, but I didn't mean it like that this time. Sure, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one believes. Later on, and it's going to be a real flirt. Ha. No, but I'm actually, I'm working on some original content right now for my website, PortiaKing.com. And yeah, just be on the lookout for some pretty dope stuff to come. All right, y'all. So we're going to get into um, something that just recently came out. And I think the table is not nearly as excited about this as you might think. Uh, <laughs> the larger table. We got sponsorship, man. We covered. We're going to be in the studio by the table sponsored by IKEA. <laughs> right. So uh, DJ Khaled put out a new song. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like this is how he likes to get into his new albums now. Get Jay-Z, get Future, and get Beyonce and put out a track. Um, so he just put out a track, Top Off. And right. we played it right before the show, and I think it's fair to say everyone here was underwhelmed. Sean, would you like to... Uh, the song is really mid. <laughs> would you like right. to... Sean is a lifelong J-Hove fan, yet Yo. you seem underwhelmed. I blame DJ Khaled. Personally, because I just I don't I think DJ Khaled doesn't he just kind of puts people on tracks. The way it's like this I, the list on the album is crazy. It's like the best features you've ever seen, and then the songs are just flat because it's like those two people shouldn't be together. I mean, well, it wasn't as awkward as that ad with Future and Cher. That was an awkward, oh man, uncomfortable. Hey, but I want Future to get every bag that was he can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I'm rooting for everything. SZA, SZA and Metro Boomin got that Gap ad. That's hella weird. I yeah. appreciate them I getting the bag. Like the way the Metro Boomin dancing and make them look real fairy like. <laughs> I didn't like it. I do kind of feel like the video or that commercial. Overshined Metro more and more so focused on SZA because I didn't even know that was him. As it should, I didn't even know that was him there until uh, (laughs) like a slow clip of it. But um, speaking of ass though, that Target ad, the um, meet me in the middle. Ah, okay. That's kind of fiery. Like I be singing it (laughs) on my like in my head. Oh wait, what's that one? But no more free ads. No, I was gonna say. (laughs) um, Target. Gab sent us a check. I missed that one. Oh yeah, it's everywhere. But yeah, no, the song is um. The song is what I like to call highly mediocre. <laughs> when I first listened to it, I was like, oh, this cool or whatever. And that's probably because I just really listened to what Jay was saying. He said he would kill George Zimmerman, free Meek Mill. Um, yeah, like shit like that. But then like as I really listened to it as an entire composition, it was just like, okay, well, I never need to really hear this again. So can we reasonably say... It's going to be all over the radio. Can we reasonably say that Rihanna's a better rapper than Beyonce? I mean, without a doubt. I mean, but who wrote it? But she it, don't do bro? anything else better than uh, Beyonce. See, but who wrote it, though? That's the thing. So, I mean, rapping is rapping, depending on who wrote it. I mean, sure. I, but Beyonce said it on the track, and I feel like it was underwhelming. And Rihanna rapped just a few months ago, and that <laughs> shit was flames. Now, I, it's much better. It's always better to be on a, on a Neptune's track than it is to be on DJ Khaled's shit. Always. So maybe that has something to do with it, but Rihanna like came a lot harder personally. Yeah, I mean, it just was it I think DJ Khaled does things like this for the shock value up front because if if we're looking at it, the song was successful because everybody listened to it. It hit number 1 on the chart real quick. It on Twitter till now, it's still all over Twitter. He, he did what he wanted to do. Like he could have really just did the pooty tang and let out a silent ass record, and people were gonna listen to it. Let me ask y'all this, because I'm not. I feel like everyone here is a little more familiar with the music game than I am. Okay. Okay. 
how much credit should we give people like DJ Drama, DJ Khaled, like these people who put together these like mixtapes where they don't actually perform or rap or whatever the case like how much credit should we give those folks is it just connections is there more to it like because they're essentially i mean in many cases they don't make the, they don't produce the beat they're not on the song like they essentially serve as hype man on the track but they kind of got all these people in the same room and were able to get this song out so how much credit should they be given i just don't know i'm not discrediting them i used to love dj drama I mean, shit back in the day well, but I'm curious. Well, if you're looking at it from that perspective, look at a. This is a weird metaphor to put it in, but um, look at a construction project, right? You have a program manager, so you have somebody saying like, "Look, I'm going to build this building for you, right? I'm gonna you better make this, this metaphor, PK. I'm just saying I'm going to build this building for you, but I have the plug to the cement." people mm-hmm. i have the um plug to the designer i have the plug to the electrician i got the plug to all these people to make your building hot as hell like a dope okay. ass building okay so i'm the program manager the project manager managing all the pieces to okay. get you what you need okay so all right so so if the so if the project is trash if the building falls over do we blame the project manager or we blame like blame Beyonce everybody. for giving it, a trash It's birth. a lot of moving pieces. I blame too. everybody. It's a lot of moving pieces. Because the thing is, you can't force a dope album or a dope song even. It's kind of like a miracle when it happens. I just think about like, like Dedication 2 is one of my favorite Lil Wayne mixtapes by a ton. It's like one of my favorite ones. And I just, would that have happened without DJ Drama? Like did Wayne need DJ Drama to make that happen or not? Nah? Um, I think that's a different looking at a different space at the time because now you don't kind of need anybody to make you hot as you can make yourself hot. Right. But at the time, drama was like, and Wayne didn't need drama to be hot, but it was just kind of like an extra stamp of, oh, this is going to be fire because it's Gangsta Grills. Like, there was a long stretch where if a Gangsta Grills that's true. came out. That's true. It was just like, oh, this has to be fire. Gangsta Grills had a, a stretch for damn sure. I don't. All right, now I'm that. curious. What's your favorite Gangsta Grills mixtape? Dedication too. PK, you got a favorite Gangsta Grills mixtape? Um, I don't. Ryan, you got one. The Pharrell joint. Okay, he, that was like the pre in my mind. Hey, if you didn't hear Tanel, it, you got one. Ryan likes the Pharrell joint. So <laughs> <laughs> nail and I on the same flow. Jake is with the dedication too. My favorite the dedication too was no fuck both of those. My favorite Gangsta Grills tape is Gucci Man the movie. Yo, with I'm, I'm a star photo shoot. Yeah. Okay. Um, God damn. Feeling myself. Okay. Photo shoot is just college. Like that just. When he was on that shit, photo shoot is just like it's a song on that shit where it's like feeling myself and Gucci literally mumbles through the whole record. Yeah, and like I know the mumble. Like yo, that was the coldest shit. That's probably my favorite mixtape ever. Yo, yeah. I mean, he does deserve credit. I think that yeah, right. He's the best. Like right now, he's the top promoter of today. He's the king of marketing. I was gonna say he wants to sell or push something. DJ Khaled. You know who really needs to give DJ Khaled credit is Bryson Tiller. Because Bryson Tiller, that la- that last album did not snap like the first joint, like Trap Soul. Mm. But he's still getting Wild Thoughts checks. Like, you know crazy? I, mean, but like I, said, I really, I like the second album more than I like the first album. Like, people, just don't people don't listen to it, though. That's the thing. It's good. I, 
I think yeah. Trap Soul is a better CD, but I think the second album is good though. He didn't. Yeah. He did not put I mean, the right but single But if you're out. looking at a hit, I think that there's a multitude oh, of different man. concepts that have to play into it. It has to be the right producer who has to have the right chemistry with the artist. It has to be the right lyrics, the right ad-libs, and then let alone the right timing. The time that a record comes out. You don't want to be competing yeah. with somebody who's hot. That's the thing. Bryson Tiller don't, don't, don't have... I don't think he wants to be a star. He don't have that, that it factor, unfortunately. As, unfortunately but to be that's true. Ah. But as a quick moment, while we're talking about stars, we're going to listen to someone who went to the stars in Tokyo hey. and then released from his new album. Hey. And then we'll be right back with you with some more shit. Stay tuned. Party, so rock your body, yeah, rock your body Don't stand so stagnant, just grab somebody Don't need to panic, no need to panic That shit don't stand in, we way too deep You don't want no static, that shit don't add up That's mathematics, I got this shit like No need to practice like you just caught the vibe Yeah, pass it round and round, okay We gon' satellite, what's been on your mind Yeah, we gon' work it out, okay We gon' exercise, ride from side to side Yeah, ride from side to side The freaks come out at night, dancing with the
stretch, you can't get no better. My engine they running and revving forever. Whenever I'm using the clutch and the pedal, I got whatever. I got whatever. I got whatever. I got whatever. Finds me to be of no use. Give me one chance, I will produce. Like the product at your hopefuls. Don't forget about Trader Joe's, too. We so worldwide, but we local. Don't act like I never told you, okay? Alright.
not alright. It's gonna be okay. What we worry about, we already say. Looking up, I'm trying to make a good first impression. I said, Ooh, thank the Lord, cause I swear they blessed you. And I just seen you from the back. I'm trying to see where you oh, headed. Yeah. All, the all these bitches headed to the disco, disco. Hey, all these bitches headed to the disco, disco. Change the tempo. I pull up in a limo. You can smell the smoke out the window. Don't try to run no game up on me, girl. I'm not no Nintendo. I swear they playing limbo, bending backwards. I'm in the window. I said these bitches yeah, them bitches trying to kick it with that. And if she acting right, we'll probably get some passes backstage. And she trying to go and take pictures and drag up on Instagram and try to win brighter friends. Well, I got a little change of plans. And they purse yeah. and they rock the tiniest skirts. I hope it was worth every meal. And now they feel hurt from the heels, girl. You go, go try and get drunk and go ahead and try you some drugs at the disco. Find you some fun. Yeah, I need yeah, a sneaking yeah. geek, freaking sheets, underworld queen. And we going out, me and her. And we come back, her, her, and me. No matter the disco, where you see all of your wildest dreams. And we do the wildest things. And we'll keep it our little secret. Hey, lady, oh my god. Yeah, we love them, yeah. See, y'all rule the world, pussy. Rule the world, yeah. Both divine, yeah. See, you ain't got to stand in line, yeah. You already know where you had it, yeah. Okay, so can I uh, break it down one more time? So we subbing out Jamal for a second because we decided it was too light skin over here on the panel. <laughs> right. Yes, want some melanin. Basically, because Jamal isn't uh, Jamal isn't hood enough to watch the Death Row Chronicles. <laughs> okay, you know I have to confess something. I haven't seen it either. It's okay, but you light skin and pretty. Last month, oh, Black no. History Month too. What happened? Huh? It was Black History Month. It was on during Black yeah, History I Month. Yeah, I mean, but um, Black History Month is every month, so. No, nah, this is Women's life. History hey. Month. <laughs> no, but the Death Row Chronicles, uh, Sean saw it. It was okay. amazing. Basically, it was a, what would you say, like a, a docu-series about Death Row. Yeah, from, so what's. Okay. For Suge's well, side. Well, yeah, it was, ah. it was very heavily based on the legend of Suge Knight. Right. And. Um, I like how you said the legend. Yeah. I mean, at uh, this point, he's pretty infamous. Yeah. Like, and to the yeah. point yeah. now, like, the way that they had it set up was that everything was about Suge and then, like, the Biggies and Tupac's and everything right. was like an off story to how mm -hmm. they fit into Suge's world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about it is USA just started the Unsolved series, mm -hmm. which is the case of Biggie and Tupac, which, spoiler alert, they're going to show you who actually killed them. Right. And, I mean... I guess the crazy thing about the mm. Death Row Chronicles to me was one, 
Suge Knight is like the first corporate banging like thug ass nigga ever. Mm -hmm. Like right. he basically turned death row offices into blood corporation. Like he was like a blood CEO basically, which was like amazing low key. Exactly. And then they basically, uh, this guy named Keefy D basically explains who kills Tupac. And tells why. Mm. And why. And he's certain because he was in the car. He and. It only, yeah. it only messed me up because I was watching it not expecting to know who killed Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> so then it was like, hey, coming up next. Or whatever. <laughs> who killed Tupac? I'm like, and, what? And when, you, when you watch the, the commercials for it, they don't even allude to like, No, you have no. Like, wow. Then, um, it's wild. So I, I got the chance to go to the premiere of Unsolved when it was here. Mm -hmm. And then when what you get from it, Unsolved is from the, um, it, it has the backstory of the detectives of the LAPD who were actually doing the research and telling all of the stories and mm -hmm. stuff, they came from the murders. And they show that they've been known who killed Biggie and Tupac. Like 10, like 10 they, years. They, they've known for at least 10 But when years. you say known, do you mean as in these like with, people with, have been... Without a justice shadow has, of a doubt. I'm saying, but justice has been served? That's the thing. No. Because or, LAPD didn't give a fuck enough for yeah. them to go get arrested. They yeah. They put the efforts in so they wouldn't get sued for 400 From, uh by Biggie's mom. Yeah, Miss Wallace. Mm. Shout but they didn't Wallace. give a fuck to actually go do the arrest. Yeah. Oh, and, wow. And if you think about it, like, you know the night Tupac and them jumped Orlando Anderson or whatever. You've seen that yeah. footage before. Okay. Right. I mean, in hindsight, as an adult, it's pretty obvious who, if you get jumped and then the person who jumps you gets shot later, it's pretty obvious who shot him. And spoiler alert, you know it was Orlando Anderson who killed Tupac. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and the way that Keefe details it is, he says, and he's he's unremorseful as fuck. About no, he don't give a. When fuck. you watch the, the Death Row Chronicles, so they interview. Yes, him. yeah. When you watch the Death Row Chronicles. He says, well, he he puts out there that a lot of the Crips don't fuck with him no more because they kind of look at him like a rat. Like he he's a rapper. He's like he's rapper like, killer. He's like I'm not a rat. He says I protected myself from not going in, and I didn't snitch. And what True. was crazy, he took a. a, a he took an immunity deal to where he yeah. could tell what he knew, but they couldn't arrest him. Right. And then also part of that immunity deal was it, it only provided leads, but it didn't give them the solid backing to go get it. Right, so true. I'm just curious. So what do you all think of these situations where something will happen like a murder or it's a mystery? Mm hmm years ago and then for all the actual evidence to come evidence to come out later do you think it would have been better for this to have come out i don't know 10 20 years ago when it I happened mean, it seems or, like the way that they were talking about it everybody in la knew who killed him it was a gang war yeah it really was no deeper than that it was some gang shit they, he got killed on some gang shit and then and it's like, like that shit is wild because it's like he's tupac he's an icon Right. It's like if Michael Jackson would have got killed on some crib shit, that'd be right. wild. If the, other dude who, if the dude was in the car and he knew who did it, that means Suge knew who did it. Yeah, Suge, Suge definitely knows who did it. So I'm wondering why do you think that they didn't come out this and is just fuck you up. crazy. This is crazy. KPD and the, Suge are like best friends. They played Pop Warner football together. He yeah. said before we shot Tupac, I looked at Suge in the face. And he said, he said, like, he knows like, exactly who I am. He knows Suge where to find me. Yeah. Like, pictures of them playing football together. They were friends. And then what was crazy was what was crazy about it the way that Keefe D tells it, and this is how savage the documentary gets. They take him back to the spot where they shot Tupac. And he, and he stands around. at the intersection, walk around and say, "Yeah, this is where my life changed." Damn. And then they telling him about it, and he says, "He said, yeah." He said, "Orlando did it." He like, "That's my nephew." He said, "He came to me, told me what happened." He said, "I gave him the gun." 
He said, and we knew that they were going to be at the, what was it, the 666 Club or some shit? Uh, club 6, club 12, 60-something. Some know. club that Suge Knight owned. They yeah, said they knew that, that Pac was going to be there performing. After the Tyson After fight. After the Tyson fight. Right. So they went there, and when they got there, Pac wasn't there. So they said, mm-hmm. all right, we'll get him a different night. They went into the liquor store and got some bottles. They said, we were about to go party with some bitches. And then they said they were pulling off, going back. And Pac stood up in the sunroof of the BMW, Howling flirting some with some women that were coming to the club, and that's how they saw Pac. So if Pac wasn't doing and the most, if he wasn't doing the most, he'd have he lived. wouldn't have died that night. He wouldn't have died. <laughs> so they hit a U-turn and pulled up on him. And Keefe D says he looks over. He said they're not paying attention that they're mm-hmm. in the car. He said Keefe D said he looks over it. He sees that it's him. He hands the gun back to Orlando, and it was some other big dude in the back of the car. Yeah. He said the big dude. He, well, this is what he says. He. Okay. This is what he says. This is what every yeah. This is no, this, no, 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 no. This no. This is where okay. he gets like. This is where he says. It. He says, "I'm not saying who pulled the trigger, but I handed it to the back of the car." And he the got shots came from the back. The seat. shots came from the back of the car. Orlando was in the back of the car, and then there was somebody else who was like Orlando reached over the other guy. Yeah. And shot into the car where Tupac did it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in turn, they're like, "Okay, well, who killed Biggie?" So right. all this, that's that's my next question. So, so this what's crazy is about there it? Answer to that. It is. So they they got all the death row staff members. All the death row staff members are participating in this documentary. True, and they're all like, at this point, we're all like, "Oh, Pac is dead." East Coast and Biggie and Puff and all of them had something to do with this. We gotta retaliate. Now let's hold on before we go forward from there. Now when they go to the part where you know, now you seen the Tupac movie? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so from the Tupac movie, they make it seem like. You know, he was supposed to hang out that night with uh, Quincy Jones' daughter. Yep. And he was going to stay at the crib in the hotel and yeah. do all that shit. It was different in the documentary. It was a lot different in the documentary, like the way that they described the night of him, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. dying. And so then when you go, like you said, you go to Biggie, it's like Biggie going out to L.A. in hindsight was like the worst decision. The worst idea ever. Like right. the worst death sentence decision ever because it was like, it was taunting. It was yeah. real life time. So when you say like, when you say that the Def Jam staff and employees they blame the death like a oh, death row. Sorry, yeah. the death row staff and employees. You said that they assumed that it was some bad boys, well, but was, did they actually know what happened? The crew, yes. So look, this the is why they assumed that. So why they assumed yeah. it because Keefe D ran security for Bad Boy and Puffy when they would come to L.A. and Keefe D was in the car with the shooter who killed Pop. Keefe D and them uh, was Southside Crips. Right. Sugar and them was uh, Pyro. They Pyru. were right. So they looked at it like, oh, these Crips was in the car who were associated with Big and Puff. They killed Pop. Yeah. We right. got to go get Big just on some gang and the street shit. Man, right. So-, so, so at the time that Big died, they went to, the Death Row staff went to an island to record a Christmas album. And then... Suge walked into like one of the heads of Death Row and gave him his chain and said, I need you to hold this down. They're requesting for me to turn myself in. Right. So while Big was in jail, I mean, while, while Suge was in jail, Big got killed. But Suge ordered the hit on Big. A nigga named Pookie or something. About to a nigga named like Poochie. Poochie. To Poochie. Yeah. Poochie. And Poochie is the one. Who pulled up on Big in L.A. and killed? Same difference. So it was, probably wasn't a good time for him to go to L.A. And what it just seems like to me, because like I said, this is unsolved mysteries mm-hmm. that has been a debate for two decades now. Twenty years. Twenty years now. Twenty years. So um, it just really gives a full scope to how hip hop has changed and how certain things have impacted hip hop. Yeah. So yes, in the '90s or 
what late 80s not throughout the 90s hip-hop was all about gang shit and just gang banging yeah. and i feel as though personally the death of biggie and Pac altered that a hmm. bit well yes gangs still were relevant and still yeah. impacting the communities but it kind of shifted I, I think, the culture because yeah. you get into the 2000s because, and it's more party like yo, you know what we're gonna stop all this like real life gang shit beefing and we're going to celebrate we're just gonna party and, and have a good time and, and i mm-hmm. think that and I think that a big part of that Jay-Z. too is, and when you look back, like yeah. like you said, Jay Z, the rise of like the for real, the, the East Coast had a, a second resurgence after that. Right. Like once Pac and them died, the Suge made a hundred million dollars with Death Row. Yep. In the early '90s, so I will say that's probably like a hundred and fifty now. Right. Off or of more. Snoop, off of Dre, for real, just off of Snoop, Dre, and the Dog Pound. Yeah. Right. Then. So then when Biggie came out or whatever, he's the hot rising rapper from the East Coast. He's threatening that. Because at the time when Biggie comes out, Tupac is in jail. Mm-hmm. Boom, Tupac come out, they go crazy, Tupac die. Six months later, Biggie die. Like you said, now right. rap is like different now. Like now it's yeah. like, oh shit, niggas are kind dying of like, um, not to Not <laughs> to soften it up, but similar to like Romeo and Juliet, you have these two... Right. Opposing sides, and then when both of your heads get killed, it's kind of like well, now we don't really, we really don't even have nothing to go neck to neck over. Right. We don't have any of those staple figures right. there. And yeah. So if you remember a couple months ago when <laughs> Funkmaster Flex like cried on air and was like, you yeah. know, Funk he was just upset because he felt like Tupac killed Biggie. I mean, he kind of got a point because it's like. Biggie got shot. But oh, wait, but wait. If you remember in the documentary, <coughs> Flex admitted he had something to do with it. What you remember mean? he said that he shouldn't have brought the light to it on the radio and instigated it because they used his words in the sense of, oh, New York niggas is like proud of this shit. Oh, well, they instigated it with the, uh, another bad decision on Biggie yeah. part. Who shot you? Yeah. When right. Who Shot You came out, it was just a good song. But right. Funk Flexing them did kind of amp it up because remember before that, when Snoop came and crushed the buildings in yeah. New York, New York, they shot at Snoop and them. I don't think I knew that. They shot at Snoop and them when they was in Brooklyn. And Flex got on the radio like that. Right the radio, radio was like basically fuck the West Coast. It's the East exactly. Coast. We on there with y'all. Right. And Tupac exactly. and them, Snoop, Tupac was like, all right, fuck y'all. And then he put out Who Shot You. He came out and put out Hit Him Up. And then from there, it just went crazy. But in so hindsight, fuck Flex, fuck Shug. <laughs> but it started off with Pac running with the wrong niggas. Yeah, yeah. Pac, Pac just made, made, Pac made the wrong decisions or whatever. He made the wrong decisions. Pac just said, like, it's, 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 that's the saddest part. Like, in the end, you really look at it like these are, like, two of the most talented people, artists ever. And they really just died at 20, 25 and 24. 24. 24. Yeah, 24 and 25, I think. I don't even think it was 26. Yeah, 24, 25. And that's children, basically. You right. know what I'm saying? And it's just like, damn, all over some gang shit. Like, right. I could imagine if Kendrick got shot over some gang shit right now. <laughs> if Drake got shot over some gang shit, that'd be wild. I'm from New York. His first rap name was Little New York. He's from the East Coast. So, you know, but you know, the dangers of LA. So. Not even of LA, just of that life. Yeah, gang life. Of so. living life. Like, and it's just not worth it. It's really just not worth it. Yeah. And then, like you said, after that, um, Jay emerged into party music or just like real, like just talking about real life reflection stuff. And then you go from what the 2000 eras to what? Bling bling. Then the South. 
Exactly. Went to the South. And we are still in that era. And then we had... um, (laughs) We are still in the South. Well, Chicago Drill got a little piece of it. Chicago Drill got an hour. Got a little piece. (laughs) Okay. Get off the mic. Let's bring Jamal back in for it. Let's bring Jamal back in for it. Yeah. Yeah, let's bring bring the South back in. Speaking of the South, let's bring the South in so we can talk about Atlanta. Yeah, but thanks... Thanks, Ryan, for joining us on the subject of Biggie and Pac. I definitely have to check out both documentaries. So it was Unsolved. Who killed? Um, Unsolved is on, it's only on episode two. Okay. It's on USA. It's on Tuesday. Okay. At, no, yeah, Tuesdays at nine. Uh, the BET Chronicles, you'll probably have to on demand. I mean, the uh, Death Row Chronicles on BET, you'll probably have to on demand or something. Yeah. I'm really curious. But it, was, to check it, it, it was six hours long, but it was the best six hours I spent in February. Like, it didn't even Man. feel like it. It is commercial, so probably about four and thirty minutes. But with yeah. that said, let's move on to Atlanta. <laughs> Speaking of the South, yeah. I'm here for any anybody who want to say Atlanta has not been the biggest music hub for hip hop in the last ten years. Like it has. I mean, you go back to it's like yeah, that was our at least like fifteen. No, like that was our childhood. Years. Just the name of you had D4L, you had Cherish. You had um, you said Cherish. Cherish. <laughs> Cherish. Do y'all remember how hard Cherish used to go? Cherish. E40, Sierra. I would say she was all popular. All at the same time. I would never the, say the, Cherish the went hard. E40 was from Oakland. E40 was from Oakland. Oh, snap. No, 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 wait, Not E40, man. Who am I thinking of? Jazzy. Jazzy. Jazzy Faye. Jazzy Faye. Jazzy Faye. Jazzy Faye. Yeah, like they are both large. That's mad and That's mad and salty. They are both large. I apologize to both. Jazzy Fizzle. Yeah. How do you feel about that episode one of Atlanta, Jamal? Okay, so I want to say this. This is. I am. Very happy and optimistic about Cat Williams' future. Cat Williams deserves a fucking Emmy for Cat the Williams the was on the new episode of Atlanta. And <laughs> if you watched it all the way through, Cat Williams is essentially the star of this episode. And we can all remember uh. at, there was a point where Cat Williams was drugged out. Going to jail, being in Columbia, Missouri, fighting people at alpha picnics, being up back kids playing soccer games in Columbia, Missouri, hanging out. No, no, no. He showed up at the alpha picnic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He came to he came to a like alpha event in Columbia, Missouri. Wow. It was the weirdest experience, and he looked struck. Like my man's had on a full suit and everything, like (laughs) bedazzled out and everything. Cat Williams was. Really in a bad place. Yeah. That said, he got a special on Netflix that I have not watched because I assumed he wasn't funny anymore. But, <laughs> but I'm gonna watch that because I saw him on Atlanta and he was hilarious on Atlanta. See, not- so I didn't see the intro episode, but I saw a meme saying that Cat Williams actually slept with alligators for the first six months to prepare for this role. Yeah. So I that I took that and I want to see it. It's I don't I don't think that's exactly what happened, but uh, he, he he interned at an alligator farm. Well, that's really? what it was. Yeah, he that's interned at an alligator farm, and then he took an alligator home with him. He was probably just oh, that doing was real. I thought it was he was probably just joking. doing that. I anyway. thought it was yeah, a he joking. Took an alligator mean. home with him, and he said, "No, this is a real thing." Wow. And he took an alligator home with him. He said he really took this role serious because he says in comedy and music, which are like the two components of of um, of Atlanta. Comedy and music, Donald Glover is at the top of both of them. He said and he wanted to work with him and he knew it would be big for his career and he could mm-hmm. do a role that was semi serious beyond just like a money mic or something. What's wow, what's amazing. interesting about it too though is if you watch the episode, he's hilarious, but he but also has some dr- he also has some dramatic 
like yeah. parts, some parts yeah. of the role where he's not just being, you know, pimping Ken and all. Yeah, like, it was so, some. See, I think that's amazing. He actually I acted. Yeah. I think it's really dope when an artist like you're known for one craft and then you actually commit yourself to indulging in another one and you actually tackle it. Yeah, I like, to so just yeah. broaden your spectrum. I mean, it's a thirty. Minute. I can do more. I can do this, but I can do that too. Yeah. So yeah. salute to Kelly. So when I read his that. interview and they asked him for. I kind of don't want to spoil it, but I have to. Um, don't spoil it. It's not a spoiler. The role that he plays for people who watch Atlanta or who have watched Atlanta, he's Paperboy's father, which makes him, which makes him Earn's uncle. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. Paperboy's father. Paperboy's he's father, Earn's, Earn's uncle. uncle. Um, and I'll tell you how I picked it up later. But, <laughs> yeah. And so he was saying that he really visited an alligator farm and interned there. And he took an alligator home with him. And he said that the first alligator he took home, this, <laughs> this is the funniest shit ever, but he said this in so serious way. He said the alligator used to fuck with people. He said, so the alligator is trained not to be like a vicious alligator and shit, but at the same time, you have an alligator just walking through your house. Like a, like a dog? We should, yeah. we should explain. The like reason that we keep talking about alligators is because on the episode, he has a pet alligator. He has a pet alligator, yeah. That's so, not a uh, spoiler. The name of the episode is Alligator. It's called Alligator Man. So, yeah. you know. so um, right. <laughs> within that, he's having the alligator in his house. And he said that he was he thinks he was too cautious around this alligator. So the alligator ended up running his home. Like he was <laughs> like he paid rent, but the alligator was the man of the house. Yeah. And he said that the alligator would like swing his tail and hit people on the back of the leg and make them fall. Like he said, so he said he got rid of that alligator and got another alligator. And he said he approached that alligator like it was just another nigga in the house. Like I run this shit, you the guest. He said then it worked out better. But that yeah. was the best shit I ever read. But he also alluded that that will not be the last time we see him. On the on the uh, yeah. season, oh, that's right. good to hear, man. Again, I I'm a huge fan of Atlanta. Atlanta manages to like tackle very serious issues while also being funny, like Florida and Man. relevant. It it's it's it is exactly what you would expect from Donald Glover in that it's unpredictable and just kind of ahead of the curve too. It's nothing like comedies that you've seen before. And it's very black as well, like which I've really appreciated. For what it's worth, um, Atlanta won Outstanding Directing for a Comedy Series, and Donald Glover won Outstanding Lead Actor mm-hmm. in a Comedy Series. So um, it's also you know Emmy Award winning. And you should check it out. And uh, before we hop into this next uh, selection, what we're going to talk about? Hey Portia, how'd you like Safari's dick? <laughs> like I said. <laughs> It was impressive, okay? That's all I can say. If you could have a one-night stand with Safari, would you? No comment. Okay. With that said, we're going to move on to the next uh, selection here. We'll be right back with you. It's All the models to the floor right now. All the models to the floor right now. What? All the models to the floor right now. All the models to the floor right now. I'm in my Christian Dior with a Veronica Webb. No Amy Lennox and Cecily Lopez. Alina Sosa, Salida E. Banksy. Who up on my beat and speak that Jordan Dunn language? Make a phone call. I think John Smalls. I wonder how it feel. And lower stones walls. Jessica Jones, y'all. I would damage her. And see a Jessica Stam. Got the stamina. I'm in the car with Leo and the Ben Swerve. I heard Bob was 
Rocha, Kate Mimosa, Alessandra Ambrosia, Andre Rubik and Olga, Curry Lingo, tell her I'm very single, Abby Lee too, I'm a freak boo, I'm wildin', I'm on a thousand, I wanna see Irina shake next to Dowson. Miami nights on a search for some TNA Trying to hide what's obvious to seeing me We conversate a bit about your DNA And my salmon color suit from the VMAs Oh, you was watching? Who the fuck wasn't? Me skip across that stage in five dozen Yeah, six grand for a minute's time Italian Vogue styled a nigga for a minute rhyme Let's be clear and let's be fair The best thing in music's being offered here It's a round table full of bosses here Still giving you a all like the coffee's near Yeah. 
chicken walk. Serve by my grandma house. I left some birds by my grandma house. You nugging at the door, but no, I can't come out. You nugging at the door, but no, I can't come out. Serve by my grandma house. I left some birds by my grandma house. You nugging at the door, but no, I can't come out. You nugging at the door, but no, I can't come out. Every day in Chicago. Bro, no, I'm trying to go slide on these bitches. They ain't got that pole on them, man. That shit over. I ain't even gonna lie. A lot of bodies getting dropped, all type of shit, man. Gang. Squad. Love. I'ma tell you the truth. Growing up in the shy, I ain't got nothing to lose. I done seen a lot of mamas cry. I done hit a lot of homies die. Can't walk in my shoes. Out here in the field, you don't do what I do. My ass. Day, boy, what you gonna do? I'ma get to this cake, my, we gonna be straight But I told you either way, I ain't going to no school You catch me on the A with the H, on the road, got the cake Either way, we still got that two ass up in there Well, boy, I know I can't snooze You're a real street nigga, then I'm just like you Twin squad and my family, I hate to choose Granny tell me all the time, boy, I pray for you Don't wanna change the channel, see, I made the news All the bodies get dropping, they don't make the news If you out here in the street, do you know what's up? Everybody wanna know why I so fucked up Wonder why the y'all niggas don't get no fuck Cause you know, don't nobody give a fuck about us So we shoot guns and we gang bang And we post up each and every day Fuck the police, we gon' sell weight till the people show us a better way, huh? Shit change out here, man. And LMB 150 Rock Block. Gang! We always out here, On this side, it's savages on this side. Them junkies on the block, robbing ladies for a hit night. Never ever did I give a fuck about no bitch. I was too busy trying to make a hundred off a flip by all the choppers. Niggas hit when look bro coming out that dip. They start running, look bro go let off a hundred out that clip. Why they snitching? Why they snitching? Why all these niggas snitching? We don't want prosecution, we execute the witness. A nigga get whack, probably over chit chat. Hollow switch shit back, now homies ride around with the tag, try and get they laid back. It's still the same shit, bitch. I roll with the same click, pocket full of Ben Franklin's, no change, bitch, and I never ever change it. Some niggas out here in the field, man. You out here in the field, you know how this shit get, man. Squad. Yo, what's up? Welcome back. Got some echo. <laughs> but what's up? Welcome back. We are the Three Piece on Mouse Sauce Radio. And yeah, we're about to get into a few more topics before we close out the day. And one being, I know we wanted to talk about OJ, but let me pull it up to see exactly oh, what I can OJ tell you did. What he did. OJ, OJ didn't stay oh, okay. his ass out the news. Yes, oh, yeah. he's back OJ, OJ going to do your ass remember, out the news. Basically, um, this is a great follow-up from what we were talking about with the Pac and Biggie documentaries. But OJ, remember back in like 2006, he was going to release a book called If I Did It? Oh, he released that book. Say, But remember, well, he, when he was doing media tours for it, he did an interview with Fox. Mm-hmm. And they never aired it. They never aired it. OJ a wild in, boy. OJ in, is in a wild yes, boy. In promoting the book, they they never aired it, and they fired the woman who featured him on the show. So now, 
about 10, 12 years later, they're going to air it, I think, like this week or something. I need to pull it up, but yeah. And yeah, allegedly and, um, in it, he talks about what actually happened. Or in no, he also suggested he has an accomplice. He suggests yeah. that he didn't act alone in taking care of Shorty and, and I mean, boy. here's See? the thing. Here's my thing about OJ in, in unreleased interviews or whatever the mm-hmm. hell. I think everyone can, like, say fairly confidently that OJ killed, his, killed these people. And, like, even if he didn't do it, he had a part in it. So, and he can't go to jail for it now. So, it's kind of like... All right, whatever, yeah. Fox, get your money. But, like, I don't really. But that's what I mean as far as. I'm not as interested. As situations taking place. And then you weren't here sitting with us when we talked about it. But So what are your thoughts on it? When the situation takes place and then media outlets or people who are actually there, who actually know the story, they let decades go by of everybody, such as common people, just going and running off on tangents of what they their own visual of what happened was like media outlets just taking like taking an idea and just running with it selling all these fallacies i mean i think so i think me, the media can be and i say this as a member of the media i think the media can be very irresponsible when it comes to like celebrities yeah and what celebrities are involved in mm-hmm. because they're public figures the fact that you're a public figure kind of gives the media the right to put your picture up and you know talk about you on air but you still have to remember that these are people with lives and things of that nature. And right. I mean, look, I'm not sitting, I'm not here to defend OJ. Like, I mean, OJ is, <laughs> OJ is a wild boy, as we alluded to prior, as we alluded to before. That said, when it comes to the media, man, we kind of wild out about what we will and won't say about these. Like, yeah, for a headline. For example, the LeBron James shit and Laura Ingram. You gonna tell this 6'9, 280 pound black man to shut up and dribble? Right. Laura Ingram? Like, like you, come on, bad. man! Real you bad. wouldn't say that to anybody. Hey, we need to get Laura Ingram and uh, what's the, the the dude, the wild black dude? They be talking shit on FS1. Oh, what talking about. oh, no, oh, uh, Jason Whitlock. Jason uh, Whitlock. We need Jason Whitlock can get the hell out of here. The fucking eye. Jason Whitlock can get the hell out of here. So I, yeah, I am like, too. yeah, that. So I say that to say, like, when you're a, when you're a public figure, people just kind of wild out and say whatever the hell. But mm-hmm. it, it kind of comes along with the fame and the money and the, you know, yeah. exposure that media outlets can kind of be a little, like, quick to say and judge and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, but then you have people like OJ who just do it to themselves. That's the thing. So. <laughs> OJ, like, come on, man. You got off of them for them double murder charge and you're going to go rob somebody? Come on, man. That's because he's fucking untouchable. He's OJ. Nah, he set his ass in jail. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, give him some love. Uh, he was Teflon at first. Not no more. Yeah, I mean, but um, OJ better not steal gas. Like OJ, <laughs> OJ better not like take sunglasses. Like OJ needs to he sit needs down to sit, somewhere chill and retire. Well, let's just move from yeah, one, let's one move from one uh, legendary old nigga to another one. What's up to Ric Flair? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look! Shout out to Ric Flair. Shout out to man. Ric Flair. Who? Yeah. Okay, let me tell y'all how epic Ric Flair is. Ric Flair wrestled his entire life, had sex with everybody, mama, mm-hmm. except Barks. Did a lot mama. of drugs. Other than Halle Berry, did a lot, a of, lot drugs, of drugs. Got rich as hell. Lived as a legend. Then popped on TV every once in a while to get a check. Then out of nowhere, Ric Flair is on his deathbed. He was within like two seconds of being dead. Right. They thought he was going to die. Then out of nowhere, 
In true wrestling fashion, at the two count, he kicks out of death. (laughs) (laughs) He kicks out of death. Says, woo! Gets on wrestling, comes back to life, and now he's in the video with Migo. Immediately, like, finds himself in the video with the hottest niggas in rap right now. Ric Flair (laughs) is Jesus. I'm just... (laughs) Ric Flair is a great man. What's crazy? Did y'all see his 30 for 30? Ric Flair said he drank 20 mixed drinks. And drank five beers a day. Yeah. Went out and wrestled. Had sex with three women and went to the next city. Now, if you're not familiar with the wrestler's schedule, they probably wrestle 300 days out of the year. Do 300 times 20 mixed drinks a day. And you sure it was only liquor. That's what he said. To get him through. Yeah. I'm sure they yeah, no, he did cocaine too. Something. He did cocaine. I like to say, ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. You drinking twenty liquor. mixed drinks and right. five beers without and then going to wrestle. He said he did something cocaine. That's something to start you up. He right. also did um, steroids, and he did all of that. And this man is here. It's seventy something years old, jigging next to Offset <laughs> in a Flexing. video for Ric Flair drip. Sure. Coming to see us. And he said he had sex with Halle Berry. This man oh, is man. a legend. Hey, yeah, look. So it sounds like he, he, he has sex with so initially, so he needs a biopic. Initially, yes. he needs a biopic. <laughs> he definitely needs a biopic. Initially, when I saw that they said that he said he had sex with Halle Berry, I'm kind of like, come on, man. But I believe have it. you have y'all seen the clip of Halle Berry like downing a fifth of whiskey on stage at Comic Con? I thought you were about to say down in Billy Bob Thornton on Monsters Ball. <laughs> oh, no. like, we all saw that, my guy. I was going to say, we all we all seen that. But on stage, on stage they gave Halle Berry like a full glass of whiskey and she just ran through that shit like it was nothing. I think, I think Halle Berry is also a wild girl. Like, <laughs> I think Halle I Berry has body box. I love Halle. She probably <laughs> really does. Do. Well, what? Well, Why huh? I don't think Halle Berry has kids. Yeah, yeah, she has kids. Halle Berry got kids. Yeah, she got butter box. Yeah. Halle Berry got beige babies though, right? I don't know. You don't get somebody she got into it with her husband. Cause she ain't got no like, babies with Eric Trying to Eric style Benet. her daughter's hair, like trying to straighten it and get rid of the kids. Yeah, and stuff like she that. ain't got no babies with Eric Benet Well, while we're talking about people we hope kick out of death, let's give some love to Rick Ross. Um, <laughs> I was yes. gonna say he allegedly. I was told to that that was. We've heard we heard from some very reliable sources that he's great. I was told right, that this was again, not a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. And the media taking something and running and with running it. with. Literally, it. I had to ask. I TMZ seen, trying to kill off Wayne. I've they seen to kill off Ross. so many headlines. Say, about Wayne this. trying to kill himself though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wayne be wild. So the thing, yeah, I've no. seen so many headlines about it. Like just every like the worst thing. Like on the last thread of life on life support. And it turns out that we hear that it's really yeah, not that so big of a deal. I brought this up for a reason because we all know that it's not big of a deal. Rose going to be balling out and dropping Port of Miami too, which I'm really looking forward to. Because a lot of you rap niggas that really love music did not give enough appreciation to his last album. But with that said. Damn, Sean. With that said. <laughs> tell him how you really feel. With that said. Don't hold back. How savage can you be if you're 50 Cent? Ah, who, yeah. when this man was allegedly on his deathbed to public perception, mm-hmm. you're still taking shots at him. Like, okay, let me give y'all an example of how... of how 50 Cent really don't care about that sort of let, shit. Let me, tell you, let me tell you how exactly bad he is. 50 hopped on Instagram and dropped a picture of Drago. Drago didn't put no caption or anything. Drago is most fami- most known for being in a film 
where his famous line was, if he dies, he dies. When does rap beef and shit just need to die? Like With Biggie and Pac. <laughs> that's a fair assumption. The thing is, is I, I'm all for a good rap beef, right? Like, who doesn't love, like, take over Ethan and all that? That's it. When guns get involved, like when it starts to get violent, it's kind of like, all right, guys, let's let's try to bring this back and remember this is still just music. Like, and I just think everybody takes like what they do very seriously, right? But that said, come on, man. Like, but it's morale, but then that's also Fifty Cent's brand. Like, you know, he's gonna say the most disrespectful. Un- that is sort of his thing. Yeah, that's that is his sort thing. of his thing. He doesn't that's let shit. What go. he feeds on, that's what he. That's kind of how he got into this. In the first being honest about it. 50 has turned over a few leaves, especially like him and Fat Joe being cool. And when Fat Joe was on Breakfast Club, he said the first thing he did when him and 50 were cool was try to make him and Ja cool. And he said 50 looked at him like, nah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. Because 50 got a show on BET, and he was like talking shit on uh, Irv Gotti's show. That's why he said that's never going to happen. That'll yeah, never yeah, be cool. That's very facts. Yeah. Yeah. And Hail Mary Sons um, Before we uh take off of the video portion here, we said if he dies, he dies. With that said, do you guys have any picks on the boxing match tonight between Wilder and Ortiz? Mm. We got Wilder going in. So look, Deontay I don't know, what Wilder. What do they look like? Deontay Wilder <laughs> is like he's like three of me, but very muscular. <laughs> like if I saw Deontay Wilder walking down the street and I was with my wife and he walked up with one boxing glove on. And said, "Look, give me your wife. Or I'm gonna punch you in the face. I take that punch, but I still might hand over my wife because that's a big motherfucker. Okay, that nigga's huge. She's tight. Yeah. Sean, so and Sean Grant's DMs are open, ladies. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let you? Hey, I'm not trying to wife nobody but by talking about DMs anyway. You... <laughs> you only get one night. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't. Uh, Uber ride." And some free roost chicken. So it sounds like you're Rudy. You'd bet your money on <laughs> rare vodka. So it sounds like <laughs> everyone's agree. Everyone agrees that you would bet your money on this vodka. guy. Get some rare vodka. <laughs> we all for the promotion. It's all good. There you go. So it sounds like if I'm gonna bet my money, I need to bet it on this guy. Yes, you do. Uh-huh. You do. You need to bet on Deontay. I mean Deontay Wilder. He's a savage, and he's such a savage that he literally got on. Um, he literally got on TV the other day and said that he would knock out Mike Tyson in his prime, and I believed him. Mm. I believed him 100. percent and yep. it's coming on Showtime. So if y'all got Showtime, it's a free fight. I was gonna say I get rid of Showtime yeah. every time um, Power goes away. No, it's on Stars. I'm sorry. Yeah, I take it back. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're not. Gonna so I do Star not Trek. have Showtime. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, did y'all see James Harden snatch Wesley Johnson's soul earlier this he week? Did. Yes, he did. that was hilarious. I have a hot take. That shit LeBron did was way better, just by a ton. Like, Wesley Johnson kind of fell. Like, he kind of tumbled no, a little bit. James Harden also threw failed. a shoulder into him a little bit. Right, and then he paused, look, like, you okay? Yeah. And then shut up. I, I so. mean, that, that I will see again. That shit LeBron did, I have never seen that in an NBA game. I mean, but speaking of disrespect in the NBA, wild. look at J.R. Smith. Apparently threw a this nigga soup threw a bowl. <laughs> soup bowl. Apparently he threw a soup bowl at one of the assistant coaches. And... J.R. Smith, a wild boy. Ah, see? <laughs> hey, man, look. J.R. Smith was, like, in trouble yeah. with the law not too long ago. Yeah, it's ago, just like, so. why are you throwing soup? Was it hot? Like, this that's is... a whole nother issue. And what type of soup do y'all think <laughs> What type threw? of soup was it? Butternut squash? 
Yeah. <laughs> I you think asked. that nigga. I honestly, hey, look, it's in Cleveland. They just had some snow. He threw some chili. <laughs> look, that's not a soup. That's a. That's a soup, it? ain't it? Don't chili count. It's, it's a how, stew. How mm-hmm. much? What's the difference between stew and soup? If Jr. Stew Smith, got that thickness. Ooh, hey, Miss Stew, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> Hey, got stew. It got that what? Other chicks is How soup. It got that what? Stew. Slide, glide. <laughs> Can I put a spoon in your stew? Okay. All right. Next. <laughs> Yo, if somebody throws soup at you, like what one you of do? your employees, do you gotta fight? Like on oh, site? You gotta throw hands. Bro. I mean, what? Well, what's you worse gotta than fight, soup? right? Like, you you well, gotta throw well, hands. what's worse than throwing soup at somebody? A condom or a dildo? Okay, edible. That's oddly specific. You throw, edible. You throw Safari's dick at me. We gotta fight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she said he got the Deontay Wilder of dicks. I'm just saying it's impressive. It's impressive. I mean, to each his own. If you're willing to move your organs around for that, I don't know. She said she was gonna put her liver by her heart for that dick. <laughs> no, that never came out of my mouth. I'll remove my kidney but, for that dick. But I mean, it's just that's an impressive piece of equipment that he has. That's all I'm saying. It's an impressive oh, piece shit. of equipment. And so wait, did that hit your group meetings or something? Like oh, your various yes, group meetings? I walked into hey, a house of women and it was like, hey, y'all seen so Sorari dick pic? I'm like, wait, what? Or how awkward is it for you what? to open up like a, a Wait, well, speaking of it, did you all see? Uh, it's very awkward. But speaking of it, did you, especially if you didn't ask for it, it just came. If we but see, no, we did not Have see you it. all seen the Black China tape? I haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. I just heard mm-hmm. about it. It was bad. It made my dicks off. It was bad. Yeah. Um, nah, I ain't see it, but okay, forever so, flaccid from Black China. <laughs> okay, so enough about enough why, about the, the why do people always fashion. going nuts over Black China though? Like, what's the deal? Black China's not appealing to me at all. I'm not saying uh, like normal people, but celebrities. Like, <laughs> you know why? Because celebrity have a rotation thing. I, I really feel like it's one big eye message to where they like they find the hottest girl and then like they pass it from Tiger. Because people be wilding to, about uh, Chloe. <laughs> what niggas like? James Harden. Chloe ain't attractive. Like, like, what's the deal? Ever I like? Story. I, why do people wild over Chloe? That her box smell bad. Really? Yeah. It was a, it was a story that came out that her box smell bad. Mm. Mm. So I have to ask. Never mind. We're, I'm we're just saying, but as a woman, I'm just saying, as a woman. <laughs> we we'll ask that later. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's. But I really do think it's like a collection of, of guys who pass the same girls around. Man. It's like Drake. Tiger. People gotta chill. Well, the thing Harden, is, if, if, if I feel chill. like if Drake asks any girl out, they gonna say yes. No. Like whether nah. it's a celebrity or not. A lot of girls would. I feel like a lot of girls would. Drake only after women in like ten years his senior anyway. Like, yeah, like the Bernices <laughs> of the world. <laughs> you gotta be That's, damn near on your AARP card for Drake say. to shoot his shot. I mean, would you? What's the oldest you all would go for? Like to date a woman? Fifty-seven. <laughs> Once again, oh, okay. Oddly specific, Sean. I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> Well, you know, she on that cusp of 60. Oh, okay. Right? She's on that cusp of 60, but she know what she got going. Got you. She, like, you got wait. 57 years worth of training. Like, there, you about to tear my life apart. There was a... Wait, there was a... Could she be mama? <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, no. No, I'm not trying to wife, but... Nah. I'm trying That's to have what a few I'm saying. Nights. But there was actually no, a story of a 22-year-old young man who married this 97-year-old or 87-year-old yeah, millionaire. No, but she yeah, was a millionaire. what she do for a living? She's right. a millionaire. I knew she had bread. Like, old money. Yeah. I would date and somebody with 87 if I know but I'm she get married him. She but she married him. Um, with that said, no, but like... And then made him take pictures. And they had pictures. They had like, portraits, kissing and everything. So. Like, what's the oldest I would date, like, for, like, a serious relationship? Come up. I'm 26. The oldest I would go would be 30 for, like, something serious. 
If we just smash it for a few months, I'll go up to 45. <laughs> I actually shot at a 45-year-old who's very popular on Twitter, and I'll show y'all who she is later. And the shot went in. I fucking stick around. Curried in against the Warriors. I mean, get the Thunder from half. Wait, court. did you hear back though? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, we talked for a nice little minute. I still got her contact. She's supposed to come up here sometime or another. All right, sure. All right. Yeah. All right, PK. What's your yeah. number? Oh, the oldest. Um, oldest you know, woman. women is always yeah, older. I mean, the oldest I've dated is eight years old. She's about to date uh, Morgan eight. Freeman. Yeah. Oh, hell no. <laughs>